Hey there, and welcome to Yes, a Stripper Podcast. On this podcast, we'll discuss how classifying each other as people and workers is dangerous to society and marginalized groups of people. We'll also talk about the climate in and outside of the strip clubs and all of the amazing things that strippers do. And of course, we'll talk about all of the things in between. I'm your queen, A.M. Davies, and this is Yes, a Stripper Podcast. So yeah, here we are again. You know, thanks for tuning in to Yas, a stripper podcast. Um, I have a lot of things on my mind all the time. If you know me, you know I'm constantly philosophizing and thinking. And something that's been going through my head lately is about how artists and pole dancers and strippers, how resilient we are and how often we have to sort of like reinvent ourselves during this this technology boom and this time of massive growth and change like all across the globe. And, you know, I've been hustling for about 20 years now. And since then, I've been a stripper, a pole dancer, an instructor, a small business owner, a live streamer, a social media expert. I mean, you name it, I've done it. And all of my friends are like, the same. They're all constantly reinventing themselves, figuring out new ways how to survive and thrive, but by doing so, like living outside of the box, you know, getting a job, there's I'm no shade. I'm not hating on that, but that is like sort of, that's an easy flow life. The majority of people I hang out with and will have on this show are people who are constantly hustling, constantly working, and constantly reinventing themselves so they can live a more free life and live outside of like the norm and outside of the box. And I th- I find that that's just, it's so interesting and it, it leads to so much personal growth, confidence, and excitement. Um, and it also leads to like more self-awareness over time because when you're constantly in your head thinking about how am I going to survive? How am I going to do this? You're always thinking on your feet and you're connecting with yourself in a lot of ways that a lot of people don't. And you start to ask yourself questions and and you start to philosophize and theorize on all these different ways of life. And that's one of the things that I appreciate the most about the people that I get to spend time with and about the people that I get to have on this show. So I just want to keep that in mind as we move on into this this episode with our amazing guest who's been such a dear friend of mine for a very long time. Um, I want to introduce to you guys Nadia Sharif, a world champion pole dancer, famous clothing designer extraordinaire. What's up, friend? Hi, friend. (laughs) I was trying not to breathe into the mic during your intro. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, I was like... Don't breathe. <laughs> do you notice that your hair matches your microphone? Um, I kind of chose this you, one for that. Did you do that? You knew? You knew on purpose that yeah. that was your mic color? Um, I'm so stoked. So the reason I wanted to talk about that opening is because I feel like you like personify that type of person that I was talking about, like constantly re- reinventing yourself, always thinking outside of the box and like becoming more self-aware over time as I've known you. And I just... You know, I just admire you in so many ways. And um, I just, you know, I want to make sure that we take time to talk about those things about your life and how incredibly amazing you are. Friend, I appreciate (laughs) it. And it's a really big honor to be here. I I see a lot of the similar qualities in you where you're constantly just evolving and growing and experimenting. And, you know, I think it's. It's been such a pleasure to watch you over all these years that we've known each other. Yeah. To like, you know, 
here we are today. Right, exactly. Like super profesh. Really professional yeah. with our headphones yeah. and our <laughs> lipstick. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, you know, this is a podcast about strippers and we just have to like lay this out on the table right here, right now. You're not actually a stripper. That is correct. Right. However, you've dabbled. I'm a dabbler. Okay. <laughs> so can you share with our audience in which types of ways you've dabbled as a stripper or in strip clubs? Um, well, my first sort of like outside of my bedroom pole dancing that I've ever done was at Jumbo's Clown Room. Mm. Um, and that's a bikini bar. It's like kind of stripping-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it's not nude or there's not like a lot of lap dances, um, it was very much so like stripperish culture. Right. Um, and so that's kind of where I, I began. I didn't stay there long, but um, I think it definitely influenced my movement. Okay. Um, and working for tips has just always kind of been in the blood. Okay. Um, and <laughs> yeah, then I did um, a couple, I did a, a pole dancing competition uh, for Calendar Girls in New Zealand. And, and um, that's a nude club, topless? Um, It's nude-ish. I want to say it's like thong and pasties. Okay. I want to say... Um, and so after doing that competition, they basically were like, okay, now you're, you know, now you're Miss Miss Calendar Girls New Zealand and you can go to all the calendar girls. That's a trip. I know. And I was like, dope, man, because I'm doing this whole New Zealand tour anyways. Yeah. So that was super cool. And so I got to work at these strip clubs in New Zealand, which is totally different culture from American strip clubs. Interesting. Yeah. Like, for example, after I would dance, I would look on the floor and I'd be like, wow, everybody hates me because there's no money. Okay. Zero money. Mm-hmm. Zero dollars. Yikes. Okay. Not just one or yeah, two. Yeah, you want to cry. Uh, I suck. <laughs> I guess I suck and that's fine. I'll just go sit in the corner until it's my turn again. And then one of the girls came up to me and she's like, you have to go around after your set. Mm-hmm. And you have to be like, well, I don't know, did, did you like my show? Could I have some money now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I sucked at that too, you know, like there's a, there's a skill set to being able to be like, Hey, give me money or, you know, right. you got to have your tips and tricks. And right. that's something I kind of learned, you know, by the third calendar girls, I was like, uh, you know, I, I was able to go around the room and have a conversation and be collect money from these people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you found it to be awkward and, and difficult at first. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not pole dancing no that's like that's communication yeah (laughs) yeah communication flirtation um extraction all of those things yeah Yeah. that's a lot more entailed than what i'd prepared for which was just my pole dancing right right so that was you know a nice eye-opening experience as to like the different dimensions that strippers have to go through to make their money it's not just about pole dancing and doing your you know your dance right being able to yeah extract (laughs) yeah how to literally get them to go into their wallets pull it out and give you money for not trading an actual tangible product or like a service like a massage you're just like hi i'm cute and i deserve money yeah and And here to entertain you you yeah i do think like entertainers for sure of all sorts like i don't care if you play the flute you deserve money so if you're over here looking cute You know, you got dressed, you got ready, you smell good, your hair looks good, your makeup's on, your outfit's kicking, and you're killing it on the pole. God, that takes time. Yeah. That's a real job. Yeah. 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 That takes time. Even when um, people hit me up on Instagram and they're like, hey, do you sell your panties? And I'm like, 
I'll send them like one picture and they want all these other pictures. I'm like, pay me now. Yeah. It takes time to do that, to get the right lighting, get the right angle. Then I might want to edit like my skin graft scar out of the picture. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? So, and then they always ghost at that point. So, yeah. Thanks for wasting my time. That's why I don't do that anymore. Um, But yeah. Okay. So anything else? Wasn't there something in Florida? Um, oh, yeah. So I did, uh, I think it's called mm, Pole Champ USA or Miss Pole. Miss Pole Champ USA. Miss Pole Champ right. USA. I, um, I judged that competition and it was literally the best competition I've ever seen. Okay. So for anybody that doesn't know me or follow me, a big part of my um, career in the last like five to seven years was traveling to judge all these competitions and all of them were not in the strip club. They were all in theaters or, Mm -hmm. you know, venues. And so this was the first competition that I was judging in a strip club. And now these girls have to do a 10-minute act. Mm. Okay, there's three songs. Mm -hmm. The first song they come out, they got all their gear. They got a two, $3,000 worth of costume. Okay, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. sequence, custom, you know, props. Mm -hmm. And then they sort of strip down to something more like a a regular sort of pole dancing wear, you know, bikini-ish. And then they, you know, they they do their acrobatic act. Mm -hmm. And then their last act is like the highly sexual, like, you know, glitter oil (laughs) and, you know, water, whatever, you know, something when they lay down the towel, they get in the g-string and highly sexual highly sexual yeah (laughs) it's super like it's the part that's the most interesting to watch because you're just like wow watching glitter just drip down somebody's butt crack it's like where else are you gonna get this Mm -hmm. you know this is the Mm -hmm. the best kind of entertainment you're gonna get and so i was really inspired by the whole entertainment factor on top of i mean obviously the acrobatic skill is kind of always there in pole dancing right but in the stripper competition they're not just getting some little rhinestone bullshit bikini. They are going next level on costume, props, song choice, theme. And tying it all in together yes. to create a story and an experience. Yes. Yes. It's brilliant. Yeah. that how you, The Spearmint Rhino Entertainer of the Year competitions used to be like that. And I did that three years in a row. So very immersed in that culture. And it was like extremely important to you know, make eye contact and smile and all of your music had to flow into the next one and had to do with what you were doing on stage. And, you know, I, and I think for me as a pole dance viewer, when I would watch these pole dance competitions, I would just get so bored. Snooze fest. So bored because they would pick one song and it was like very contemporary, which listen, I'm no hate on that, but it's just not, I'm just coming from like the super bowls of pole dancing, um, to like, let me dance barefoot to like classical music. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So anyway, I'm I'm glad that you were able to see that and participate in that because you're definitely like identify as a pole dancer. Yeah. And that's how people see you. Yeah. Have you have people ever thought or asked you if you were a stripper before a pole dancer? Was that kind of a Honestly, misconception? like um, I used to do dance class in when I was in community college and all the girls there used to ask me like, oh, are you a stripper? And this was even before I even 
taught pole dancing or did pole dancing. So I think maybe people used to be like, oh, this girl, she doesn't give a fuck. You know, she's down. So even before you were pole dancing, people thought you were a stripper? Yes, which is weird because, like, I'm not really slutty by nature or, like, that skanky per se. I was an engineering student. You know, it's not like I was dressing up to go to school. Maybe it's because your hair was really long. Maybe. I don't know what it was. But, like, you know, so in the pole dancing world, yeah, I think a lot of people thought I was a stripper. And I never, like, told them I wasn't because I was like, well, I worked at Jumbos and Mm -hmm. I'd be down if. I had better hygiene practices or whatever. Like, you know, like, <laughs> I, it's not that I'd be opposed to it. It's just not what ended up happening. Sure. And so then I, I didn't want to say I was a stripper because I don't feel like I got the street cred. Right. So I don't want to claim something I'm not. You know, it's like saying, oh, I'm a doctor, but I don't have a PhD. It's like, uh, well, you can't yeah, really. <laughs> so I can't really say I'm a stripper because I didn't really do the time, you know? Yeah, totally. But I'm somewhere in between, I guess. So what do you think about what, as more of a pole dancer what do you think about when you see these like comments and hear these conversations that people are having about like you know not a stripper or you know I've never been a stripper and I would never do that or my favorite pole dancing comes from Chinese pole from the 15th century okay yeah what do you think about all of that Um, well okay let's start with the Chinese pole thing because that's like the easiest one to just like so annoying. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing is like, <laughs> let's look at all of the skills that we learn and practice in a typical pole class today. Right. Uh, not from Chinese mm-hmm. pole. However, like me personally, I mean, I studied everything on YouTube when I first started and Chinese pole was part of it, which was like, you know, that's why I always call Chinese handspring, Chinese handspring, not because of Chinese people or whatever, but from Chinese pole, that's the grip they would use. Right. So, you know, I do think that there obviously is a crossover when you're talking about serious acrobatic skill set. Sure. But that's like at a competitive level and you're really trying to get all these skills. Most things that are happening in a pole dancing class is like, you know, exotic, sexy dance, sexy flow, low flow, you know, which is more stripper-ish. Yeah, definitely. I think that I think that you just made a really good point that there are some aspects of pole dancing that could be tied and linked to Chinese. Um, Like if we look at Ken Cow as an example, like he's a a male and he jumps from pole to pole. Like, but I almost said strippers have don't do that. But depending on what club you go to, wait, I seen a you know what I mean? Jumping off the ledge, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. Yeah, she's referring to Cricket at Jumbo's Clown Room, who stands on the railing in eight-inch heels Sketchy. and jumps backwards onto <laughs> yeah. the pole. You're right. Badass. Yeah, you're right. And then, like, I've even seen strippers, like, hang upside down by their feet oh, from right. the rafters. Yeah. So, again, like, okay, I'm flip-flopping. I'm flip-flopping. I mean, obviously, some acrobatic ideas also come from anywhere. It could sure. be a Chinese pole. It could be a leaf blowing in the wind. You can get acrobatics ideas from air right you know? right so but when it comes to like actual stripper content and people saying like hashtag not a stripper this this can be also helpful to the industry right so i could see why strippers would be irritated about it mm-hmm. because it's kind of like saying oh I'm, I'm not doing what you're doing right um but we don't know the the tone when it's a text you know like what if i put a uh, this you know crazy acrobatic combo and then I, you know, did some highly sexual movement, stripper style. And then I wrote hashtag not a stripper. I might be trying to educate people into saying pole dancing is also outside the strip club. 
which is kind of what tends to happen a lot is like, oh, I, I run into somebody from high school, like, hey, I heard you were a stripper. It's like, okay, if I want the conversation conversation to end there, I'll just say, yeah, I'm a stripper because I don't want to explain to you. Right. Well, I'm not really a stripper. I really do. Who cares? Mm -hmm. So, but then the other part of me wants to explain to this person, well, there is an industry outside the club. And right. in case you didn't know, I'm not a stripper, even though I kind of look like one <laughs> and I like to dance like one, but I'm not an active stripper. Right. Yeah. That's an excellent point. There definitely needs to be education on the different styles. Yeah. And I suppose you're right in in one way. I'm sure there's someone who would argue and I like to invite anybody listening to this show to make an argument against Nadia saying that using hashtag not a stripper can actually be helpful. It can also be hurtful. It, it can also be, be yeah. like I'm I would never strip because I'm too good for that. Right. You know, we don't know how yeah. the context, you know. Yeah. But, but I want to invite another perspective, not because I want to like make you wrong but because just to open up this dialogue and this conversation because honestly that's the first time I've heard that perspective on that particular hashtag and I think it might be because majoritively in text it is that way it is the way of I'm not like that yeah so I'll give you an example I came across a dancer on Instagram I don't remember her name or who she is um, but she definitely wasn't a stripper but she was wearing the high heels and she was wearing dancing exotic and wearing the little shorts and then one of her posts was an image of um, it said it was, it was some meme that basically was like, I'm stronger than you. And no, I'm not a stripper or something like that. And I was like, girl, like I wrote to her. But why are you so mad though? Right. I wrote to her and I said, I understand you're not a stripper, but could, could you be more friendly in your explanation? Because now you're just marginalizing this group of people that yeah. you're emulating. Like you're dancing like strippers yeah, and dressed like that. strippers, but you're making very clear and sort of a like, fuck you, I'm not a stripper kind of way. And it's it's not very chill towards yeah, strippers. Not. And I think that's where a lot of strippers are like, what are you doing? What are you doing to us? Wait, you want to look like me, but you don't want to be me. Right, right. Because what I actually do is something you would never do and you think it's gross. Yeah. Or frowned upon or whatever. And at the end of the day, it's it's my choice. Like, what does my choice with my body have to do with you? And they will argue because I've seen it before. Well, by you doing that, it makes me look bad because I'm pole dancing. Like, what? I've seen comments where it's like, we need to separate from strippers because it will it makes pole dancing look bad. And it's like, but but to who though? To pole dancers because uh, the strippers are are doing it and claiming that they originate and then the pole the pole dancers get mad. You, we have these debates on United Polar Artists right. posts all the time. Yeah. I mean, I could see, I I could see it. Like, let's say, example, you've never been a stripper and you live in corporate America and you pay hundreds of dollars a month to go take all these classes. You're learning all this stuff. Feels so good. And you you go out and you're you're posting, and then a coworker's like, "Huh." You, you look like a stripper, you know? And then more, I'm just mad that you don't know how great what I'm experiencing is. Right. You know, this man only knows pole dancing from the media or TV and says, like, oh, I know what strippers do, you know? Like, yeah. strippers strippers ride my lap for 20 bucks. and You know? You know? Like, he could easily be saying that. Yeah. And she's just irritated that he doesn't get it. 
Yeah. Like, look, bro, like, sure, strippers do lap dances, but also, like, look at all this cool stuff I can do. So it might be more anger towards the people that only want to categorize you as a stripper. Sure. And it's more just lack of education for everybody. Well, yeah. and most people. Especially the person who's getting mad at the uneducated person. Right. That means that person who's getting mad also needs to be educated. That everyone around you is uneducated. So your job is to educate. (laughs) Educate yourself. Educate others. Yeah. Spread the word. Yeah. Yeah. And so my message has been like, just you don't have to get angry or defensive when someone's like, oh, are you a stripper? Because when you do that, you're sending the message that you're against that. You're against it or you're better than that. And by by and that's why I talk about classification a lot, because if you're trying to be like, I'm above that, then it sends the message to the already uneducated that. Strippers they're, are below. They're below, right. and therefore we can treat them like shit, but not you because you're somewhat better than them. But you know oh, what I mean? Like it yeah. really, yeah. And that's why I really try to, in my messaging, be clear. Like just calm down if someone gets the wrong idea and just explain to them calmly. And if they don't get it right then, they might later or yeah. they'll hear it again later. I think it's more about like patience. Like, look, bro, I'm at work, you know? What if you are that corporate girl that is doing pole dancing after work? And you're just like, I don't want to have to explain this to you. But, like, you're so wrong. You know, like, I'm I'm definitely not a stripper because I'm in a pole studio. And we already discussed the things that strippers have to do. Right. It's really not related. No, it's not. So I I always say that some pole dancers strip and some strippers pole dance. (laughs) Yeah. You know? And so you take the two circles and then (laughs) the little Venn diagram... There's yeah stripper pole dancer, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, and that's one of me. I'm exactly that. yeah. That's perfect description. Yeah, yeah. So it's more just about like getting irritated on having to feel like a broken record to some people. Definitely. Even I mean, I experienced that too. Like when I first started pole dancing, my boyfriend was like, literally, the words that came out of his mouth were, "Why are you pole dancing? That's for girls that are dumb, Ooh. and you're not dumb." And I was just like, obviously, I wanted to. I was so hurt and aggravated and frustrated that he didn't get it. Right. You know, and at that time, I wasn't even in a studio. I was just ignoring him and pole dancing in my bedroom. You know what I mean? So he was just upset that I was ignoring him and found something that I loved. And then I would show him my videos and be all stoked. And he'd he'd be like, what are you doing? You know, and so it took so many years for me to try to explain all the good feelings and all the accomplishments I was you know, getting from pole dancing. Right. And so it took years to be able to educate him enough. And now he's like, you know, fully supportive. But it took years. Right. And I couldn't be mad at him because what the fuck does he know? (laughs) He knows nothing, you know, about the pole dancing industry or strippers. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It's just constant education. Do you remember the one time we were, it was me, you and Mina, and we were in a van Going from the airport to somewhere in New York. Okay. And the driver, first of all, how we even got in that car's van <laughs> is shady as fuck. Do you remember we were all no. of a sudden, we were like, wait, what the fuck? Whose van is this? Because <laughs> they came up to us at the airport and they're like, do you need a ride? And we're oh, like, oh, yeah. And so, so we skipped the taxi line. Yeah. And so we get in this guy's van and we all like, we're like maybe a mile into the trip and we all start looking at each other like, wait, what did we do? <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then he asked us all, oh, what are you guys here in town for? And all three of us were like, Mah. 
Silence. Crickets. We don't want to tell you. A book convention. We already <laughs> think maybe we're getting sex trafficked. Yeah. And if you think we're strippers, then, you know, we're just perfect candidates yeah. for what you're looking for. It's not funny. It's not funny, but yes, it's I remember It's not that. funny. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, just But we're laughing because it's us. Yeah. Yeah. But we, none of us wanted to tell him what we were there for because right. we didn't want to have the conversation. And this was back in 2000 and... Nine. Yes. Nine. Nine yeah. or ten. Something like that. So in that's like a long time ago. Yeah. Oh my god, that's ten years ago. Ugh. Oh my god. <laughs> so long ago. Um but yeah, and then we ended up saying a dance dance competition. We didn't say what Classic type. move. <laughs> yeah. Cause back then it was like even worse than it we is now. Didn't yeah. want to have the same conversation. It's annoying. Yeah. And then it's it's never short. Right. You know, you got to go back and forth and explain the whole thing. And then you're like, for what? You know, but it is our job in my in my mind. That is our job. We have to continue to educate people so that they can stop acting so stupid. Right. <laughs> it's the only way. And only we know. So right. we're we're that people. Right. To have to do that. So your story I've heard it a million times. I think it's like one of the most interesting stories ever because you used to be an engineer and then you yeah. quit that life to pursue pole dancing. Yeah. So, you know, tell us a little bit about that. Um, what that was so, like. you know, I've always been passionate about dance and it was always something that was like part of my blood and I just loved it. And so when I was in community college, I got to do dance class. And then when I moved to a technical university, they didn't have any dance classes. And so I was kind of trying to find something that was like, you know, for adult females, which there's not that much dance available. And I was always like, you know, there's around the time when YouTube was booming. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there was like 20 pole dance YouTube videos and I watched them and I was like, this is so cool. And so I put a pole up in my room and I would just do it on my own time while I was, you know, getting my education. And that's how I discovered expositions, and that's how I discovered the first pole dancing competition outside of the strip club, Pole Star Invitational 2008, ran by Miss AMD. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that was huge. That's like, yeah. you know, how we met and everything. And that was in 2008. And so I just like immersed myself in pole dancing, you know, through my education as like a part time job. It was just super cool. And I did competitions and really loved it. And as soon as I graduated, I kind of thought, Okay, well, that was fun. And, you know, everything in society leading up to that moment said, you did a good job, Nadia. You graduated, and here you are. Here's your, your big, fat corporate paycheck and your 401K and your PTO and your medical insurance. Whoa, oh, you know? Yeah. And I was like, this is cool. I had a great run with pole dancing. I have some some titles, and I've done some things, and I'm feeling really good to just leave it behind me. And I started my engineering career, and it was exactly what you think it is it's waking up early dressing in drab clothing and sitting in a cubicle and trying to accomplish somebody's task mm. Mm. it's a lot of work like somebody else's idea well yeah you know it's like hey we're uh, we're gonna change the take this whole uh oil refinery and make it from an analog to a digital system here you go oh tons of fun <laughs> super fun right yeah. and so you know i was working on that and it was a great job. I had more money than I ever knew what to do with. It was four miles from my house. It was incredible. But honestly, like six, seven, eight months in, I realized like, holy shit, this could be the rest of my life. Right. I see nothing but old people here. Is this going to be me? Is and this there's cubicles, right? Yeah. yeah. You know? Fluorescent like, lights. Yeah. Yeah. AC blasting. Water coolers. 
totally. <laughs> Shitty coffee. Yeah. The whole thing. So it's just like these people are so content and happy and comfortable. And this is what they do mm-hmm. all day, mm-hmm. every day, Monday mm-hmm. through Friday. And it was just like it started to weigh on me and give me anxiety and be like, you know, how do I how do I do this for decades? Mm. And at the same time, I was starting to get emails like, hey, do you want to come teach in Brazil? And I'd be like, well, fuck, yeah, I want to go teach in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I have a job. Like, let's see. And so I basically used all my PTO, all my sick leave within the first six months of the job. I don't know what PTO is. It's paid time off. Okay, thanks. Things we don't know nothing about in this world. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so we don't know about that anymore. I okay. haven't got PTO since 2009 or whatever. Oh my yeah. God, I wish I could get PTO. Oh, can I just take a PTO day? <laughs> a so- sick day where I still get paid? That's so cool. <laughs> That's crazy, right? Yeah. So then, so then honestly, I... I I tried to to have both lives where I was yeah. like traveling for pole dancing on the weekends and then, you know, not being able to come in, jet lag, trying to work 60 hours. It was insane. Mm-hmm. So I ended up just completely losing my mind, having a mental breakdown at work, crying, screaming, and like ending up in one of those like 72-hour holds at Kaiser when they're like... Do, were there like... Was it like walls? Like were they... Was it like I mean, it's like it's kind of like, like a nice jail. Did they take your shoelaces? Um, they, they give you issued clothing. And um, they basically, you know, try to treat you really nice because this is what happens like mental breakdown from corporate America. This happens to people is when people snap, you know, they they fucking lose it. And that's pretty much what happened. It was like, I was trying to juggle 15 things at the same time. Right. And I couldn't. And I just burst into tears, started cursing. Um, I threw like a minute miniature stapler towards my boss and it was like, I just completely lost like it. Like one of the little guys. Okay. Not the super little ones, but more like a medium. Oh, one. okay. But not the heavy one. Right. And it was just more of a reaction. Not, I was not that I was really trying to hurt him, you know, but that's what happens when you just lose it. When yeah. you don't have enough sleep, you're overworking and you're working on a project that does not feed you passionately. Right. You know, it doesn't it didn't speak to me. I was mm-hmm. just a slave to this, you know. Didn't you have to go to Alaska or something? Mm, and there yeah. was like polar bears around. Yeah, we had to do like literally forty eight hours of polar bear training for So sick. (laughs) Which sounds cool when you're talking about like polar bears, the type of polar bears we are, but no, not those kind of polar bears, like real polar bears. (laughs) And I was like, I don't want to go to Alaska. Like, I want to go to someplace warm. Like, why can't you put me on on this project or that project? Like, Mm -hmm. you're going to send me to Alaska? Like, not that interested. Right. And so, like, in all these things, like, none of it was feeding me. Right. It was just a paycheck and it was just a security blanket. And I think that's why I ended up just like losing it. And so what happens in in corporate America when you have Please a mental breakdown? Me. I know nothing. Is the they pay you to go get help? So I was Word. issued uh, anger management and stress management, and I had to go to Kaiser like you know ten hours a week yeah. to do these therapy classes, and they gave me the maximum, which is six weeks paid time off because of a medical condition. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, okay, Nadia, you know, you take the six weeks because clearly you need them. Yeah. And I did all the stress management, anger management, blah, blah, blah. Those six weeks finished. Okay. And I was like, okay, here's that Monday. I'm going to get up, took a shower, get dressed, drive to work. And I saw the parking lot and I started getting like a panic, you know, like mm-hmm. a panic attack or mm-hmm. some shit. And I was like, mm, I'm just going to drive home and I'm going to try again tomorrow. Yeah. And I didn't go to work. I did the same thing on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Panic um, attack in the parking lot. Got ready, drive, look at the parking lot, say, mm, 
I can't do it. Friday, I was mm. like, bitch, you ain't going back. Okay. And that was it. Okay. So then I was like, okay, I need all the pole gigs that I could get because I don't have a job anymore. Right. right. And so I'm going to say yes to everything. And so that was, I want to say that was early 2012. So okay. since early 2012, I've been a 100% fully funded pole dancer, you know, like amazing. that's the only, my only income. Yeah. And so you have won competitions all over the world as doubles with Mina more design now mechanic mm -hmm. and as yourself can you just like name a few um, i think the one that really like gave me something and like sent me off to my first european tour where i actually made money was um california pole dance championship 2012 right and that was a big one i think because i had placed second in 2010 and 2011 so many people were just rooting for me and they totally. wanted it so bad and that year was like well was i was there year. in person for it it was actually really incredible i'm gonna Thanks, see friend. if i can like pull a clip for that one for the uh good old oh YouTube yeah yeah channel Little. yeah you can hear my voice in the background yeah! during certain yelling moments yeah it was a really incredible moment it was, yeah, for it you. Was, it and for all of us, quite honestly, you changed a lot of people's lives that night. I'm I think, sure. Like, honestly, that was the piece where I was like, I am down to die on stage. Mm -hmm. I don't care if I lose my teeth. I don't care what happens. This is mine. I am taking it and I'm putting everything that I've ever had into this because I just left an engineering career. I just left like all this stuff and it was just like, what is happening to my life? Right. Let me leave it all on stage. And that was the first time I ever like danced in a way that it was like just it, I had to it was yeah. like there was no maybe it wasn't for funsies at that point it was real life yeah know? so like all leading up to that you just knew it was yours basically yeah like you made yourself believe it yeah I yeah. was like sorry everybody else in line you're not getting it yeah mine. and it was the only time I ever really felt like that right because right. I needed it I had, yeah I left a fucking career i just spent six seven years in 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 school to study and i just left it after six months seven months wow can you imagine what that's like yeah no i'm trying to think like, like where you just dedicate all this effort my full-time student yeah. student loans all my life was just dedicated to education and then i just left yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think that you're really fortunate that your your body and your like subconscious was communicating with you because I'm sure that there's plenty of people that are receiving messages from their subconscious and they're just not able to listen and to to make that choice you made. And then they do find themselves at an older age like, what have I been doing? And it always reminds me of this comic, this one particular comic by Jack the Stripper where okay. It's like a woman in a cubicle. Oh, I love that. And one. on the yeah. other side, there's a stripper peeking over and she's saying, you're so much better than this yes, job. <laughs> I love that one. It is my absolute favorite. It's like tattooed in the brain. Yeah. I, was, I thought I remembered it as like the stripper crawling and she's got like her stilettos and her fishnets and she's like. Yeah, well, there, there's probably oh, there's more few, yeah. than one. This one, she's like peeking over. She's like her knees are on like the rolly chair and she's ah. got her stripper shoes on. Um. But yeah, it's, it. yeah, but it's just like, because I, the way I feel about corporate America is like, you're just wasting away indoors all day. Like, how is that any better than what I'm doing? Yeah, it's not. Right. It's equivalent. It's a job. Right. That's what I is. guess. I think that's when people start to insert like morals and that's like a whole other conversation. Oh, right. Because like none of us would ever dare want to see a pretty dancing lady. 
Yeah. How immoral is that? Yeah. Yeah. So they partake and then they call us immoral oh, yeah. and shit on us oh, in yeah. the process. Now, here's another theory I have about okay. all this is that this has to do with like sexual fantasy and stuff like that. And honestly, like personally for me, I can't really get off um, with the idea of knowing that what I'm doing is like fully accepted. It almost turns me on knowing that like, you know, Jesus thinks it's a sin. Hey, that's and he hot. doesn't, by the way. He doesn't. Well, aren't we supposed to get married or whatever? Most people think that Jesus think he the real Jesus didn't think that. But that's what people <laughs> want you to well, think. Well, I wanna I wanna like believe that Jesus is upset with me when I'm having sex. And oh, it makes oh, me okay, sorry, I didn't mean yeah. to fuck up your fantasy friend. <laughs> well, yeah, thanks. You know, like <laughs> gotcha. now I gotta dig deeper. And so, you know, like there's something that's really highly sexual about like it being bad. Okay. And so, like, that's, I think, maybe another reason why people want to be like, oh, strippers are so bad, but that's only, like, to turn me on more as a oh, gotcha. as a customer. Okay. So, like, it might not really be shitting on you directly as Anne-Marie, you know, yeah. this dirty, bad stripper. It's more just like, oh, like, oh, you're a bad girl, right? This is bad, right? Please yes. tell me it's bad. Yes, daddy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so bad. Yes, daddy. Yeah, so I feel like. I'm a freak. <laughs> <laughs> but exactly I feel like that's kind of why we as a society want to shit on strippers is really just to get ourselves off a little Ooh, bit more man you got some really interesting perspectives <laughs> I don't know it's just so like, it helps them help us for them to shit on us because it makes them feel better more turned on and therefore they'll give us more money maybe. and so it's like this yeah if you just say wow. hey it's okay to strip it's okay to go to a strip club suddenly it's not that cool anymore hmm. so we kind of need it to remain taboo we need to remain like dirty dirty sluts you know that's fine I'm, I'm fine with the taboo but what i'm not fine with is like the abuse that yeah, takes okay. place yeah, and that okay. that's where and then it starts to get gray like you know what i mean well it's like do you do you want to get choked only sometimes and not that hard yeah you know so it's like this fine line of abuse and sex that's like when is it hot and when is it going too far i've done that i've almost choked myself out on stage before oh i know that act. like passed out with so with the wife yeah i would like tie a thing and some i just get really into it and i pull too tight and before i knew it i was like oh right i can't breathe and there's like 200 people watching me Start clutching at the thing. At your you know, neck. it's the line. It's the fine line where you know we exist. Exactly. <laughs> um, yikes. Okay, so you know, you've also after like throughout your pole dancing career, you've transformed yourself once again into a business owner, clothing designer. Tell us about Twisted Movement and what that journey has been like for you, um, and what inspired you. Also, God, oh, there was there was so many things. I'll be dead honest. It was like. After about four or five years of traveling, um, it's not fun anymore. I was sick of living out of a bag. I was sick of not really being able to claim my income so I look like a loser to the IRS. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, sick of just not having the things like an adult would have in corporate America. And because it would take so much more for me to do that. And I was like making money, but not enough to have great medical insurance and not enough to have a 401k and not enough to do, right. you know, all the things that I could have had at that age. And so I started getting aggravated. And every time I would say like, fuck, I got to leave somewhere. I was getting stressed out. I wasn't like to leave in, home. You mean? Yeah. I wasn't yeah. enjoying my traveling life anymore. And, what sucks was that I still love traveling, just not as much and as heavy and heavily reliant. 
you well, know, let's it. let's explain to people who don't know what it's like to travel as an instructing pole dancer. So you're staying in other people's houses. Very rarely do you get put up in hotels because Only every, events or camps, right? You know? Because everyone's trying to save money. You are beholden to like whatever the culture and the food is there. Yeah. So your diet is constantly changing, um, and we have to fly under the radar because there's no. There's nothing that supports us in our work because society is still like... It's really difficult to get the right paperwork for every country and it's right. very expensive. Right. It's nerve-wracking as yeah. shit. And then when you're traveling with eight-inch heels, you're always worried that you're going to get searched and they're going to think that you're doing all kinds of illegal shit. So that, even for me, even... Um, even if I was traveling for fun or whatever with my heels, I was always stressed out yeah. because they will always have the wrong idea um, because they're uneducated. Uh, so, yeah, it just got, it gets stressful. It's stressful. Yeah, my body was not happy. My inner energy was not happy. And like, then you're not really sightseeing as much because no, you go there to work. We're working. Yeah. So even if you're jet lagged, your belly hurts, you haven't ate right, you're mm-hmm. tired, you got to teach, you got to show, you got to perform, you got to mm-hmm. do what you're hired to do. And so I started just like basically becoming bitter. Yeah. And I was like, hey, Nadia, this isn't fair. There are so many people that would love this job. And now you're just being a little bitter bitch. Mm. And you need to make this better for yourself. And so the way it kind of started was I arranged six weeks off for myself. I PTO? Said, I gave myself PTO. <laughs> I paid myself. Where I was like, you're staying home. Yeah. And you're just going to listen to yourself and you're going to catch up with your friends and family that you haven't seen. Mm-hmm. And you're going to just immerse yourself in what life at home is like. Mm-hmm. And I loved it so much. And I just thought, how can I still travel but do it less often and make more money? This is literally what I want. Mm. I, I didn't hate my job. I just, it was too much. I right. was traveling too much and missing a lot. But I needed to travel a lot because it was the only way I could make money. It was my only income. And so I started, like, wondering, like, what could I do, you know? I want to I wanna be able to sell something on the road. People are so excited to take my, my workshops. And, you know, they could easily, like, buy a tank top or buy something to help just help me make a little bit more money. If I can make yeah. a little bit more money at all my gigs and give something, you know, valuable in return, then I wouldn't have to go as often. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to rush the process and I wanted it to be something that was close to my heart and something really close to me and something that I really loved and something that was functional. And, you know, so I started with like my little bandanas and my little oh, yeah. leg warmers. Yeah. And that was super dope. I yeah, because make, like, nobody had those. Yeah. And yeah. it was like, you know, my picture and my my skeleton tattoos. And it was it was really nice. And I didn't feel bad selling them because it's a good product. And, right. you know, cool. Now I have 200 bucks in my pocket. So now that's already more helpful. Right. You know, and so little by little, I was like, you know, just trying to give myself more time at home and trying to just enjoy my life so that I would be happier when I was traveling. These people pay a lot of money to take Mm -hmm. these workshops. And so when I show up, I know my job is to give to them. Right. You know, give me to them and my energy. And so um, then uh, I came across this onesie. Mm-hmm. in a discount like a, on a discount rack and it was sewn like backwards so like the front was facing the front but then the pants was facing the back okay it was all messed up but it was snakeskin it was like five bucks i was like you know what i'm gonna figure this out okay i'm just gonna take this home and so i started cutting it up and i made it like a halter top 
so that even though the the top was backwards, it didn't matter because I just made it sure. work. Yeah, and I lived in it until it died. It lived like two years. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I just can't let this onesie die. Like it's my favorite thing. Yeah, and so I took it to a, a seamstress, and I was like, could you remake this? And then the onesie was born. Okay. And so then I, I would make like two or three for myself. And then my friends would borrow it and not give it back. And then <laughs> it started looking good on everybody. And I was like, I'm going to sell onesies. And I would make 20. And then they would sell in a fucking day. Yeah. And now I had a little bankroll. And eventually what happened is I, I put $1,500 into a business account. Nice. And then I said, okay, I'm going to build a website. AM came through. Yes, I built your first website. Yeah, you built like my first three websites. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we got better every time, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, I started putting business money into business and I I let that continue to grow. And essentially what happened was it would take me two or three weeks to get onesies, you know, to get the fabric, get them made, take the pictures, list them, and then sell them. Yeah. It would sell out in a day. And I'd be like, okay. In one day. Yeah. Now, all that work, one day, gone. And now I have nothing to sell for three weeks. Shit. Okay. So yeah. then I was like, oh, what do I do? Okay, I'll think about it later. It's Pole Show LA. I need to perform in Pole Show LA. And I'm dancing a Seven Nation Army. And it was like around Trump time. And I was fucking pissed. Yeah. I was like, you know, it's time for war or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I had this like really cheap, um, like $10 Forever 21 Army you know, leotard. And I was like, but I really want to do this like Jay Legra thing where I need some hip. And so I just started cutting this. She's just talking about pole dance moves right there. I don't even know. Jade Allegra. I don't even know if that's the right name. Well, yeah. (laughs) So she needed skin exposed to be able to stick to the pole is the point. And that's why you cut up the outfit. Yeah. So I needed that hip grip. Mm -hmm. And so I started cutting up this like, you know, cheap bodysuit. And it turned out super cute. And I yeah. was like, oh, my God, I love this. You know, people are like, hey, where'd you get that? I'm like, Forever 21. They're like, Forever 21 does. I was like, well, okay, <laughs> I, okay, I did it. And the, so the girls started giving me their bodysuits. Like, could you do it to this one? Could you do it to this one? I'm like, for the homies, sure. But if not, I'm like, well, it's 20 bucks or something, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And so one thing led to another, and I, like, released a... Uh, a sliced bodysuit that said vibing on it. Yeah. And then that was like sort of the beginning of this sliced collection where it was just started cutting up all these basics. Yeah. And now you have your own work studio space because you used to work from your home. Oh my God. I used to work from my 700 square foot apartment yeah. that I shared with somebody. Like shared yeah. with my boyfriend. It's really difficult task to try to run a yeah, website it was awkward yeah <laughs> you know you can definitely see all kinds of crazy designs on twistandmovement.com okay. and you know the space that i have is a dream come true it's 1750 square feet and it's like an amazing studio crazy lighting we have parties in there yeah we do videos in there photo shoots yeah. we make all the pieces it's like amazing my- yeah, it's my little haven. Yeah, so in the last like 10 years, you've definitely reinvented yourself again and again and again. I yeah. feel like that's a necessity for sure. people in the arts. You know, it doesn't yeah. matter what art you're doing. You eventually, like, I think you have your like staple, you know, the the vision that people have when they think of you. And that's kind of in your control and kind of out of your control. Right. And then, you know, you could just, that in itself can, can hurt hurt you or make you and so like you know you you were talking about contemporary pole Mm -hmm. it's like when that was hot I was not (sighs) nobody was hiring Nadia 100% I was the same same position like we didn't get gigs Mm because we were you know we looked too much like strippers we Mm -hmm. still wore heels hair down rock and roll music like you know, that wasn't the gem. Right. It was like wear nude and be barefoot and dance to some or whatever. You know what I mean? Do interpretive style dancing. Well, whatever, <laughs> you know, whatever. Like we were all just trying to prove to whoever that we were, you legitimate know. Legitimate or whatever. It's so yeah. stupid. Like 
who cares? Once again, it's less cool the more people accept it. True, you know? true. So let's keep it raunchy. And, yeah. Yeah, exciting. Yeah. And so, like, because that was so popular then, like, I think that's what really sort of slowed my career start. And yeah. then everybody was all of a sudden like, oh, I want to wear heels. Oh, yeah. Oh, like... Oh, it's super cool to to look like a Russian stripper, or mm-hmm. you know. All oh, these. yeah. But thank you, because now I have lots of work, you yeah. know, and now it's relevant to to dance that way. And so we're kind of dictated by whatever is trending, and it, depending on how versatile you are, you know, how much work can I get? It's like, oh, sp- sporty camp well okay i got some tricks right whatever i I teach barefoot often yeah um and then it's like oh okay it's an exotic okay well i could kind of tap into that too or you know just having to be versatile enough to stay relevant or reinvent yourself to say i'm i'm still here i'm still available yeah still i still have something to offer right but it's really difficult in the art artistic world yeah you're right i guess it does a lot of things go with trends and then like there's the like the way social media kind of ebbs and flows and changes and switches oh, and God, then yeah. having to keep up with that and maintain yeah. content and like <laughs> what's the next hot platform to be on and am I being shadow banned? Yeah. So it's like constantly thinking on your feet, reinventing, trying to figure out how to stay relevant. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It's a lot it's of a work. Lot. Yeah. It's, it's the type of work that you wake up thinking about and go to sleep thinking about. Yeah. You know, it's like, how do I book this thing or how do I, you know, um, get people to be interested in learning from me right. you know or whatever it is or how do i get them interested into buying the products that i sell oh without God. without it being like a know, whole other game yeah without it yeah. being pushy or weird but just like right. from genuine passion well because that's trendy <laughs> marketing and sales without being pushy and salesy is is actually trending it's being thing. more like real and i said this to somebody not that long ago it's like being more authentic is actually trending right now. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. It's true. And I hated that I said it. But, but it's real. We're living in a really... Being authentic is trending. What the fuck? I don't know. It's, it's like, true. It's like artificial genuineness or whatever, you know, because it's it's not that genuine. You can't get the, the real feeling unless we're talking just like this. Yeah, that's true. But, so you're asking me to type my authentic or genuine feelings. I'm like... But it's... It's really it's working. hard to do. It's, it works better, I think. I don't want to be like, and today on 30% off on all things Queen of Sexy. Like, I can't talk like that. I know. It's, yeah. It's a whole nother game. To be honest, like, that's the first thing I'm I'm happy to pass over to somebody else. Like, could you just post this for me? Because yeah. I'll just think about it too much. Yeah. And then, it, and then I'm like, what am I thinking about? Yeah. You know, like the whole, the whole social media thing. Do you remember when we didn't have social media? Um, like before Instagram? Yes. Before, fa- I'm trying to think before Facebook. Oh, yeah. Like- we had MySpace. Yeah. But that was different. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so crazy in our lifetime. Remember when we didn't have cell phones? Yeah. How, remember we used to play outside and have fun? <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. You know, it's, it's a new world. Yeah, definitely. Want to be fabulous just like these strippers? Pay attention. It's stripper tips. So I think here's my stripper tip is, and this is again to just like help with the educational process of just like helping all of the ignorant people out there, Mm. is if you are a stripper and somebody's acting not right at the strip club, (laughs) 
try not to just get angry and at them and try to kick them out. Try to actually explain to them why what they're doing is wrong. Right. And that you're actually a person mm-hmm. and this is the way that you should act. And don't right. do that again because it's actually disrespectful. Right. And when you do that, I think they're going to feel really stupid and they probably won't do that again and they'll probably tell their friends right. not to do that either. Would you suggest that if like a civilian person sees that same type of action that if they have an opportunity to like basically see something say something yes and I think it's about all of us it's all of our duties for those of us that know better Mm -hmm. to do better and share that information with other people Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like for example like don't put a one dollar bill in your mouth and can we talk about that? And and hang over the edge and expect this dancer to be like, oh, let me come close to making out with you for $1. Right. If you're going to do that, at least put a 20. Or a 100. A 100, obviously. Yeah. Okay, but at least realize right. what you're doing costs more than a dollar. Mm-hmm. Okay, so realize, like, we're not, we're not, you know, make-believe people. We have to go to the grocery store, too. You know what I mean? Like yeah. dancers have bills too. We do eat food. Yeah, like <laughs> go to the bathroom. You know what I mean? Like a lot of times people dehumanize. Yeah, I do that too. Like think about when you're in third grade with your teacher and you saw your teacher at the grocery store and you're like, "That's weird." Yeah, she goes to the grocery store too. Well, yeah. You know, so like sometimes we like make you're up right. these stories about these dancers that they just. They must have all the money in the world because that's all civilians think is that strippers are just full of money, right? You know, and so they. Don't put a $1 bill in your mouth. Yeah. And if you see somebody doing that, ask them to exchange it for a bigger bill. Yes. Yes, queen. There we go. (laughs) Nice tip. Get ready for our rapid fire question round. It's time for four for one. Favorite midnight snack? Um, Tacos of any kind. Okay. Favorite type of underwear? Granny panties. I knew you were going to say that. Like, I want them saggy and nude colored for some reason. <laughs> Gross. Who's your favorite stripper hero? Am Davies. What? That's actually an invalid answer. Um, honestly, okay, there's not that many strippers that I know super personally. In order for it to be, like, my hero, I'd have to know a lot about you. And... I would only kind of base it on dancing. You know what I mean? If it was dancing only, you're still the answer. What about Felix Kane? Is she like... She was. Yeah, but for some reason I don't see her like a stripper because I I identify with her as her competition dancing. Okay, gotcha. You know, like I never really seen her strip. All right, last question. Have you ever used a strap on? No, but I really just (laughs) would love to just put one on and just wiggle or something. (laughs) Well, there's still time, friend. Yeah. You're very young. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty much it. So I want to make sure that you tell everybody where they can find you, find more information, follow you, learn about your clothing line, etc. Um, yeah, you can follow me um, on Instagram at, at the Nadia 33 um, You can follow my brand at Twist and Movement. Um, and you can shop all the cool shit at twistedmovement.com. Right on. Awesome. Well, this has been another episode of Yes, a Stripper Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you, Nadia, so much for being here. And we'll see you guys next time. Have a great day. Thanks for having me, friend. You're welcome. Hey, guys, I just want to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Yes, a Stripper Podcast. You can also watch this podcast on YouTube at Yes, a Stripper Podcast. And of course, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Yes, a Stripper Pod.
Yes, a Stripper Podcast is produced by Mackenzie Mazel, Shelly Snyder, and yours truly, A.M. Davies. Be sure to email any questions or comments to yesastripperpodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to follow me personally, you can find me on Instagram at thequeenofsexy. You can also check me out on my website, thequeenofsexy.com.